Hey, welcome to After Church Apologetics. I'm Courtney Seacrest here with Dr. Chris Jakeway and Pastor Leo Wilson, and we're inviting you to join us today in uncovering the truths that will challenge, inspire, and expand your perspective on Christianity. So let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of After Church Apologetics. Today, we're going to be talking about moral evil. So the question that we have is, if God is good, then why is there so much suffering in the world? Why do bad things happen to good people? And does God want us to be happy? This is definitely a question we get a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah one of the number one. It, whether it's a casual conversation over a cup of coffee or... Uh, a formal debate with an atheist, you know someone's going to ask if God is all-powerful and all-loving, omnipotent and omnibenevolent, you know, why do bad things happen? So typically an atheist puts this to a Christian in the form of a dilemma that either God wants to stop evil, but he can't do it, and therefore you've impugned God's omnipotence, or God could stop evil, but he doesn't care. Maybe that's why bad things happen, and of course that means he's not all good and all loving. So he either lacks the love or lacks the power, right? Yeah. And biblically we'd say that this is a a false dilemma. It's God's nature to be both all-loving and all-powerful, but that God created people with free will. And I always ask people when I get this question, how exactly would you have God do it? Or if you were God and you wanted to remove all evil from the world, because I don't think they stop to think about what that would entail, how would you do it? I mean, the only way you could remove all evil from the world is to remove people's ability to do it. Like someone is about to stab someone and if you're God, then you just freeze their hand in the air and the knife disintegrates or, you know, something like this. That would require taking away free will, but it would come at too great a cost. To take away free will, we would be automatons. I mean, like robots, just the passive recipients of the intentionality of God. It would be to give up creativity and imagination and friendship and love, everything that requires free will, and most significantly, I think, to uh, give up the possibility of having a relationship with God, which has to be based on choice. So on balance, the world is still better off with free will than without it, even though some people use their freedom poorly and evil is the result. Yeah, I I take this uh, example to parenting, too, to point out to people how kind of crazy it is to think that you should just stop the the moral evil. And part of that would be, like, as a dad, I could put my kids in a giant inflatable ball, and I could prevent them from harming anyone else or from doing anything bad from my one son harming the other son. And I could also maybe tie his hands up, right, and uh, puppet him with everything he would do. Now, that question would be, would that make me a good dad? And usually when I tell this to students, they kind of just laugh, and they're like, that would make you a horrible father. And I'm like, right, and why is that? And they know the answer. It's because, well, that, that person doesn't have a chance to do anything, like to, to love or to you know enjoy things or to even have fun. And I'm like, 
well, so says you, but I could puppet him to do those things. And they start to see that this freedom that they have to both make bad choices also as part of the freedom they have to make good choices, which allows for a loving relationship and a healthy relationship. I think it'd be unhealthy if it just was puppeted or controlled every time. So it's just an example of how you can't really have one without the other. It's not fair to sit there and say, well, do the one and not the other. That's not practical or real. I think it's also important to add that, just to be fair, a biblically accurate answer to a question like this isn't necessarily an emotionally satisfying one. And oftentimes when people have been the victim of evil and they ask a question like that, we understand what they want is something that will make them feel better about it. And uh, to be fair, we don't necessarily have that. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah we, uh, don't, we don't know why bad things happen to good people or the vice versa, which I always like to point out, the why good things happen to bad people. You know, we don't know why some people seem like they're rewarded for doing something bad. But, right, that's not the most comforting thing when you tell someone that. Yeah, and the general reply being, you know, bad things happen to good or bad people because people make bad choices. Uh, that doesn't necessarily make us feel better about what has happened, but um, a, a logical and biblical answer isn't always necessarily an emotionally satisfying one. I think the best way to explain it is that God created the possibility of evil, and that possibility is a good thing, actually, because it means we have free will and therefore are able to be in relationship with him. So God created the possibility of evil, but humans create the actuality of evil. So to blame God in that case would be like blaming Henry Ford or whoever invented the first car for every automobile accident, right? The invention of the car makes car accidents possible, but uh, other circumstances, typically humans, make them actual. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, I remember uh, reading a story about Charles Templeton, right? Him and Billy Graham were big evangelists and stuff, and, and Graham said, it was really struggling because Templeton came across a, a picture of a starving child in Africa, and that shook his faith. Like he's like, I don't, I don't, I struggled with how can God allow this to happen, and that's why it's really important to have this background in relationship with God before things like that are experienced in life sometimes, because it's it's hard to you know you've always showed me like emotion and reason usually don't go well together, right? It's those fights aren't going to go well to try to reason with somebody who's is emotionally upset isn't always the best situation to, to be there with them, to suffer with them, to love with them. Like those are, those are healthy ways to handle that. But you want to understand this, this relationship with God and, and this permissive of like, we do this because otherwise you couldn't have love before you get to those hard times, not during and after. Yeah. I, I think I'd summarize it by saying biblically, the permission of evil isn't the same as the promotion of evil. Yeah, that's a good summary. Thanks for hanging out with us on After Church Apologetics today. To submit a question for a future episode of our show, you can email us at podcast at bcfriends.org. Remember, the pursuit of truth is ongoing, so we'd like to encourage you to continue seeking and engaging with the topics that we've discussed for yourselves. 
And as we conclude this episode, we want to remind you that respectful dialogue can bridge gaps and build connections. We'll see you next time.